Hey everyone, welcome to episode 102 of Do The Woo. This is Woo Perspective, and on this particular Woo Perspective, I'm flying solo. And this is not just because this is going to be only my perspective, but I'm going to take a unique approach to this podcast. And we are going to look back at 2020 and how WooCommerce builders fared in the ecosystem. But first, I want to take a moment and thank our community sponsor, PayPal, and their pay later options. If you have clients, this might be an option that they should check into. The PayPal checkout extension gives quite a bit of flexibility for them and for their customers. And with the increase in the popularity of buy now, pay later solutions, it might just be the perfect thing to help your clients with just a bit more conversion. So you want to check that out and you'll learn more about that later in the show. Now, I spoke about looking back at 2020, and I know, to be fair, we all want it to be behind us. Some of us may not even want to reflect on it, but in the WooCommerce slash e-commerce space, it was, well, pretty robust. And there was a lot of changes in the space And I believe these changes are not temporary. They're going to continue on. Uh, They become part of our lives, more of a habit, more buying online. And I don't think it's fading away. It's just going to keep growing because of the exposure and how many people have moved to that. Now, I could talk about a lot of different things around this. And I'm choosing more to look at some, well, perspective from the actual WooCommerce businesses. And those are the ones that build websites using WooCommerce for clients or if they do a product or service specifically for WooCommerce. I'm going to mix this up a couple ways in this podcast. Uh, Earlier this year, I put out a survey for WooBuilders. Now, after about a month, I had 43 responses. Now, about after a month, I had 43 responses and... You know, I hope to get a bit more, but I feel like, you know, there was some good information there and I wanted to share that with you on a few questions I asked these Woo Builders. And then the second part of this is during the end of last year, last few months of last year, and even into the new year on this podcast, often the question was brought up, you know, how is 2020 treating you? What do you think about 2020 in the Woo space? And there was quite a few of them throughout the months and months of episodes, but I wanted just to pull out a few of them and throw those snippets in to give you a more specific perspective from those individuals on 2020. So with that said, I'd like to start out with the first one, Alex Denning from Ellipsis. They're a digital marketing agency that specializes in working with WordPress businesses, and they do work with a lot of WooCommerce businesses. We asked him, as he looks at last year, what really stood out in the WooCommerce business ecosystem? So the the big thing, obviously, is the pandemic. People who were... So uh, we saw a massive increase in people looking for our clients' solutions around WooCommerce, um, and that started yeah. March, April. There was, um, in terms of like searches, 
there was about a 50 percent increase in wordpress search terms mm-hmm. um and a huge amount of that was driven by woocommerce um like the searches for 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 woocommerce per month went up by hundreds of thousands um month on month yep and also year on year they were up like a a, a significant amount as well so that was obviously a big thing so people were looking to get their get their it was sort of like an acceleration of digital transformation and the people who who had stores which did not have a web presence really rapidly wanted to to get a web presence and um we saw people a very large number of people choosing WooCommerce to do that for our clients who are selling functionality that lets or solutions that let people do things with whatever their site is set up to do um things scaled like pretty pretty nicely i guess as you'd expect in a product business um and so that's driven a lot of growth like within the ecosystem and next i asked him what was the level of maturity that he was seeing across the woocommerce space we're not quite at like the wild west of a couple of years ago say like three to five years ago you could build pretty much any yeah functionality driven woocommerce extension and either sell it through woo.com or sell it through your own site or i guess a third-party platform you could pretty much make anything and make a lot of sales it's not the case that like there are loads of things that should exist which don't exist at all these days which is, is what happened there um most of the time like there is existing functionality but there's certainly so we've reached like a tiny bit of maturity but we're probably like five ten percent of the way there next up i had colin from foo sales and foo events on now this was very unique because he has two products that had to adapt in 2020 which was a very interesting time. And both of them, it, it was just amazing that he actually has two products that were affected so much. So the first one I asked him about was Foo Sales, which is a point of sales, and how 2020 played out for him on that product front. So what we've really seen materialize over this past year um, is obviously there have been some weird months where, you know, Stores were kind of shut down throughout the world, and you kind of wonder if uh, life is ever going to return to normal and whether they'll ever need points of sale systems again. But we've seen two very distinct types of um, customers uh, emerge um, uh, that are starting to use Foo Sales, which is very interesting. Um, the first kind of group are existing WooCommerce online store owners that are looking at um, moving into the kind of real world environment, physical environments by opening up pop-up shops or selling their goods at fairs or things like that. And and that has started to to pick up again. That, that did go very quiet in the middle of the year, but we're starting to see a lot 
more people moving their online stores into physical stores, either for promotions, for promoting their brand, or just to reach more customers, which makes a lot of sense. Um, so, so that's really picked up. And then the other interesting one are new businesses that are looking for solutions. So they're not, they don't necessarily even know about WooCommerce. They, they're looking at launching a new business. They might have been laid off and they've had a few business ideas and they're looking for something that can essentially allow them to um, sell online and also sell, you know, in person. As I mentioned, you know, we've decided to double down on, on integrating, doing real enterprise points of sale types of integrations with things like card payment systems, um, scanners, cash drawers, um, print thermal printers, all these types of things, which we never anticipated doing. And um, at the moment, FooSales is uh, on three platforms. We've got a web version that was also based on customer feedback. We didn't think that there would be demand for a web version. We thought people would just use their WooCommerce site. But uh, a lot of stores, you know, would be running cheap kind of netbooks and they want a, a much nicer point of sales experience than, you know, back end of, a, of, of uh, WooCommerce. And then we've got native apps for iPad and, and Android tablets. Now, bringing in somebody that actually works with clients, Sharon Yates, who has a creative mouse studio, it's just a short comment here, but one of the things you probably heard a lot of people talk about was pivoting in 2020 and, you know, what that means moving forward. So, so that's what we asked her in the podcast she was on. Yeah, I, I think obviously 2020 is going to be a huge reminder people trying to trying to um, pivot a lot of people a lot of businesses are now pivoting to put themselves into a more online selling uh, feature than just being a boutique a boutique uh, brochure so yeah I do see that um, and of course there's a lot of people that lost their jobs and are trying to find a way to create you know, income, those are the people I'm hoping to reach. You know, I can teach them how to build and, you know, help them figure out how to market themselves. And so I'm I'm trying to pivot myself to capture a lot of that as well to help people get their income back. So I'm hoping to at least use my coaching for some good. Next, we have David Lockie from Pragmatic. Now, Last year, Pragmatic and Angry Creative merged. They decided to add in WooCommerce maintenance into their services. In fact, they pulled it pretty, you know, pretty much in the front running of the services they offer. And interestingly enough, asking them about that, we learned that the pandemic actually played a little bit into that decision. The, the overlap, the Venn diagram, I love Venn diagrams. Of, uh, what we did as businesses was pretty much 100% overlapped, but it was about the weighting. So where we were kind of 80% project-based and 80% CMS-based, uh, Angry were almost the opposite. So they're more like 80% WooCommerce, almost 80% retainer. Um, and when, when we look at the impact of um, COVID and lockdown, we see, all right, you know, if we if we ignore some sectors got absolutely hammered, then uh, project losses versus retainer losses were much worse in terms of pipeline and sort of projects being put on pause. So it was a much more fragile sort of um, commercial outlook. Um, plus, 
WooCommerce being a sort of growth space. And then I asked Robert Jacoby, tech analyst, somebody that's been in the open source space for a long time, most recently in the WooCommerce space. And he brought in a different perspective, more of an inside and outside the Woo ecosystem perspective on 2020. Well, I, I got to say, uh, 2020 has definitely, I think, amped up the presence of WooCommerce just because so many people want to get online and there are so many WordPress agencies that you know a, a good go-to is Woo. And, but they're not necessarily fully tech-savvy on WooCommerce. So I, I, I think there's been, uh, on the agency side, a, a big ramp up in just understanding the tech and how it in, integrates uh, well and what are the best practices around WooCommerce because there's a lot of stuff that goes on an e-commerce platform and uh, it's a lot more uh, resource intensive uh, on, on labor and cost just to get a, a good shop up and the trick is not and this is the discussion that goes on all the time for especially do-it-yourselfers uh, solopreneurs is to you know know your client if your client is that shop at the end of the you know the street they probably don't need WooCommerce for what they're doing. And, and 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 to have that awareness and not instinctively and reflexively jump to Woo is important to know, even though you might want to do these projects so you can also learn and teach yourself how everything works. There's that, you know, that struggle to keep that client in mind. And there are platforms for very small, you know, if there's someone selling three things, do they really need to have a WooCommerce shop up? No, they don't. You know, Woo is great for being an e-commerce platform, but it's not going to solve all the problems. Uh, yes, Shopify is out there. I mean, you know, look at Wix. Wix is uh, slowly growing out their ability to do uh, shopping and e-commerce and building in payment gateways and trying to do a lot of these things that the other providers have done. So th there's that awareness. Like, do I, I need to make sure I take care of the clients best. So to answer a question from like 10 minutes ago about, you know, we talked about existing people, you know, entering the market with their existing products. I think the new products and a lot of this will happen in 2021. Some of it's already happened in, you know, 2019, 2020 with uh, the hosting companies figuring out ways to more efficiently onboard small to medium sized businesses. So that's a more, you know, do it yourself product or for solopreneurs where the agencies can focus on much larger e-commerce opportunities. So we're not going to necessarily see a proprietary solution like Wix, but we're going to see Liquid Web with their WooCommerce onboarding and experiences. We're going to see uh, other hosts, you know, I'm sure hosting companies like Convezio and WP Engine's got to have something in the pipeline. I can't imagine they wouldn't. Uh, you know, we can go on and on mm -hmm. through through all the hosts that are that are figuring out the way, the best way to onboard at you know, sort of different market uh, market points people onto WooCommerce because it makes sense. People are going to do it. The, you know, we, we talk about Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Well, it's 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 been gray November. Everyone's been shopping every day online. There is stuff that I've bought online that I never thought I would because I was like, no, I cannot absolutely do that. Yes, I've been a holdout for things like I'm never going to use Instacart or anything like that. But yeah, I, you know, I guess I can actually do that. And, you know, and, you know, sometimes it's a roll of dice. You're not necessarily going to get what you might get if you were picking out something at the grocery store, but it's close enough and you make do. And I think people are 
finding ways to make whatever they have today as a solution, a real world, a real life solution, you know, at least accessible somehow online. And, you know, at the end of the day, if the, if the price points are right, everyone will have a shop mm-hmm. because if, you know, if you're spending, you know, a hundred bucks a month, say on infrastructure, well, you may only need to sell two things to make up for that infrastructure. You could still have your day job, but you have your store now as well. So why not do that, you know, with your, with your blog and, you know, maybe a, a mini woo that uh, takes care of a lot of that, uh, of the transactional stuff. I'm just very bullish on a, a lot of the e-commerce solutions and a lot of the SaaS products uh, getting in because the, the the cost of starting up one of these things is just so much lower, so much lower than last, you know, a year ago and infinitely lower than 10 years ago uh, to just get something rolling. And so many people can do it as a hobby and be successful without having to deal with uh, eBay as their uh, outlet and the lack of trustworthiness and all. Now you can just set up your own shipping with SaaS shipping providers and all the taxes and all this can be SaaS based and it's in, you know transactional and relatively inexpensive. Thanks to our sponsor, PayPal. PayPal offers buy now, pay later options that your clients can use to help increase their sales on their WooCommerce shops. They give store customers more purchasing power through flexible and transparent choices in how and when they pay. So offering these payment options is good business. Did you know that 64% of consumers surveyed say they are more likely to make a purchase at a retailer that offers interest-free payment options? And 56% of consumers that responded agree that they prefer to pay a purchase back in installments rather than use a credit card. Well, this seems like a no-brainer to me. Your clients can grow their sales and get paid up front with no additional risk or costs. All you need to do is download the PayPal checkout extension on the marketplace at WooCommerce.com. I suggest you just head over there, click on the marketplace, and search for the PayPal checkout for your next client project. Because suggesting that to your clients will certainly open up sales opportunities for them. I would just like to thank PayPal for being our community sponsor at Do The Woo. And now back to the conversation. So let's take a break now and go over to the survey I was telling you about. And I do have these results also on the post if you want to look them over. But again, it was just something that having, you know, talked to a lot of businesses last year in the e-commerce space and specifically in the WooCommerce space, hearing all over the board how things were going. Well, it just was an opportunity, I think, to get a little bit of feedback from some of them out there that were willing to share this information. So I started with asking them just a little bit about their business and what the size of their business was. So I broke it down into one less than 10, less than 25, less than 50 or 50 plus. And the majority came in almost at 50-50 on one, a single owned business or less than 10. And out of the 43, three were less than 25, more than 10. And then the next one up to 50 was one and then 50 plus was one. And as far as how long they'd been in business, Four of them had started in 2020, which was interesting, I thought. Uh, the next was 14, one through five years, and 13 of them was six through 10 years. 
And then about 12 of them was 11 plus years. So those last three between the one and beyond were averaging between 12 and 14. Now, not to give you exact numbers, but I asked them about their services and products. So as far as were the people who answered the survey, did they build woo sites? I would say less than half of them or they don't build sites at all was almost twice as many as the ones that said over half of their their uh, businesses building woo sites and or they do all WooCommerce sites. So there was more on the lower end of that that actually participated. When I asked if they build themes, plugins, or extensions, the majority said some are built specifically for Woo. Falling that too far under that was no, they don't build any of those products. And then following next was yes, that's all they do is build products specifically for Woo. So it was a nice mix, I think, as far as, you know, not everybody was like all in on Woo. When asked what services they offer, the majority, at least I believe it was probably um, more than half, way more than half, said support and maintenance. And then a little under half was consulting. And then it went down from training to SaaS to other services. So again, support and maintenance was a big one. Now, again, if this is reflective of, you know, the overall ecosystem, hard to say even in that space, because I imagine that there were a lot of businesses that really cropped up and were new businesses in 2020 compared to, you know, the smaller amount that I had shared before. That was, I think, four of them that had started out of these 43. But getting to the nitty gritty, I asked them how 2020 played out for them. Now, I put in some answers that were, you know, pretty pretty general, but enough to kind of give them an idea of at least reflecting on what their business was like and, and again, how it played out. First one was, I was lucky, it was amazing. That was the, the highest. So out of that, there was probably a little under 50%, probably about 40% of them said it was amazing. And the next two, a bit above the previous years and steady as it goes, were dead even. So those were, I believe they were nine responses each on those two. And then there was seven that said it was a bit under their expectations. And out of the 43, four of them said it really sucked. So my next question I asked was changes and pivots in your business. Because as Sharon Yates said in that earlier thing, and I know a lot of people I've talked to on the podcast just in passing have said, yes, they pivoted. They maybe started focusing a little bit more on e-commerce and I think they're going to continue to do. And I asked, did you pivot because of 2020? Very, very few, very minimal amount, probably less than one or two said they totally changed our offerings. And on the other end of the spectrum, the most said not at all. They didn't pivot at all. So they were, you know, and that was about uh, close to the 
you know, maybe a little bit over 50%. But what falled right under that was, yes, they made a few changes in their offerings. So not at all, and a few changes were the two higher ones. Very few totally changed their offerings. Lastly, I asked them just to share, you know, this was something they could put in themselves, how 2020 really impacted their business. And I got six responses on that out of the 43. And they're, you know, they're a bit diverse, so I thought I would share those with you as well. One said, the effects of COVID-19 actually prompted me to start my business. Freelance projects in the other areas declined, but I noticed new websites, especially with e-commerce, popping up. I've only just begun, so things are slow, but I expect 2021 to ramp up. I think that is something we've heard quite a bit. And there are people that are, yeah, they're, they're seeing that this is the direction it's going. And it was, you know, it was kind of a forced direction, even though it was already growing. Uh, people have chose to, you know, start it out of the gate. Then somebody just put in slower growth than expected. And, you know, there could be a lot of variables there. And you, if you're doing e-commerce sites, you probably thought, whoa, you know, things are really going to bump up. But that's not always the case. And like I said, there's probably a lot of reasons behind that. Another said, our service grew over 80% and we landed new partnerships in Woo and EDD with major players in the space, setting us up for a fantastic 2021. So again, somebody that obviously grew over 80%, that's, you know, almost double. And it sounds like, you know, for that particular business, it was pretty amazing. And another said, simply, lack of customers. Well, I didn't quite know what to think about that one because, again, there could be a lot of reasons for that. Somebody else said, we sell a key product that enables businesses to get paid online with or without WooCommerce. 2020 saw a huge surge in a new online membership and subscription business as well as offline businesses looking to build an online model. Being positioned close to the money was a key success factor for us. Along with this, I'm inclined to believe that more individual business owners became DIYers, which is partially responsible for the growth of our paid support packages. And this, I think, going back up to some of the stats there, really makes sense because, you know, as far as agencies, maybe, yeah, they may have had a lot of people coming to them, but there was a lot of DIYers that were looking for these products and they were out there. And that's where I think these some of these People that create extensions and plugins and other services like that really grew in 2020 and probably are continuing that growth. And that's exactly what this person had said. And this last one was really interesting because it's, it's going to lead into um, something that I'm going to uh, uh, put on here with uh, Chris Lemma, what he said from Nexus. And that person said more people requesting free or discounted rates due to being hit hard by the pandemic. And I think that kind of comes by nature. I mean, you know, a lot of these people were frantically doing this and thinking they need to, you know, take their maybe physical business and put it online. And as a result, 
yeah, more people are requesting free or discounted rates because they are hurting. So that really threw a lump in things. And and that leads me into, why don't we go right into this? I asked uh, Chris Lemma about, you know, how developers, how did they really fare through 2020? And was there any added pressures? Yeah, we're seeing pressure in a lot of different ways, right? So one pressure is we need this up fast. We need it faster than we've ever asked before. I don't have nine months to get something up and online, right? If you're talking about a really big and complicated WooCommerce or a really big Magento store and the agencies are like, uh, this is our normal process, right? We'll, we'll do it six months or we'll do it. And so there's pressure on an agency that says, tell me what you can get done in one month or two months, right? I need this up fast. So there's that pressure. Second pressure is some of the folks that are asking for this stuff have fixed budgets, right? And, uh, you know, you're asking for some of the most complicated stuff at some of the most inexpensive, uh, you know, price points. And that applies pressure to agencies as well, right? Um, And some of the best agencies will regularly go into, well, let's do a phased approach. Let's get you up and do phase one. And then we'll use the revenue from phase one to put into phase two. And so there's definitely ways to manage it, but they're seeing the second pressure, which is, uh, price points, right? The first is timelines. The second is price points. The third pressure is that, um, and it, and it, it, it's not different than we've ever had. It just becomes more pronounced when those first two pressures exist. And that's when agencies are asked to do things that frankly, they're not even sure they know how to do because Amazon's doing it or Walmart's doing it, right? Imagine you're, you're like, you're like, Hey, I want to, I want to, uh, spin up an online store. Okay, no problem. We can do that. Well, and I want it to have inventory and track it based on both what's being sold online, but also what's being sold offline in the physical premise, right? You go, okay, that's a little hard, but we can do that. And I also want to know what parking spot you just pulled into so that I can make sure to deliver your order to the right parking spot. And you're like, wait, 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 how do we get to parking spots, right? Like, (laughs) you're like, well, Okay, hold on, right? And then and then I want a mobile app that'll let me check in to the parking spot and give you the spot, right, when I get there. And and agencies are like, okay, we're gonna have to think through this. Like we this is not something we do every every day. So I think agencies are feeling three different kinds of pressures. We're hearing it, we're seeing it. And of course, that doesn't stop the normal pressures like, I want it fast. How do I make it faster? Right. You're like, Yeah, we we know that's you know, that that's an everyday dynamic. Also, I asked Patrick Rollin from Nexus. He's at Nexus as well. I had a, we were chatting about something else on a, a podcast, but Patrick's been in the Woo space for a long time and he's used to work as a product lead at WooCommerce. So I just threw out the, the standard question to him. What was the challenges and opportunities he saw in 2020? Let me start with at the start of the pandemic, um, we actually saw, or maybe a sort of lockdown quarantine, you know, yeah. mid-March, we saw a ton of people sign up. So mm-hmm. it was kind of cool that um, people face this adversity. Hey, you're stuck inside at home. You can't go to work unless you have a work from home job. And actually we had a ton of people sign up and like want to create either a WordPress or a WooCommerce site. Yeah. And I that actually gives me like a little bit of hope that like, People are doing cool things when they're locked down. Um, I, and I want to help those people so much. Right? Like we, we worked on like a, a better onboarding email sequence just to like help, the, like make sure they have all the links they need, all, all that stuff. I think there's still a lot of opportunity uh, to... to I, I think this is a reminder that you want to be like 
you want to have some control over your finances and like start your own little side business. I had someone message me on Facebook yesterday and they said, I I also make courses for LinkedIn learning. And they said, Patrick, I found your course on LinkedIn learning. Uh, This pandemic has made me realize how important it is to have like some sort of like financial independence. And I want to thank you so much. And, and then there's, there's other stuff we chatted about after that, but that's actually, I, I'm, I love WooCommerce as a vehicle for people to like take, agency over their their mm. their life and their finances and and have it be like a little side hustle in addition to your main job or have it be your full-time thing um if it, if it grows that big that's that's what i that's what i really like about it and what i i hope more people can do i hope more people are creative and you know sell tutoring or sell guitar lessons uh there's so many things you can do remotely um the, the last thing i just want to say this is unrelated to woocommerce but I have found there's a lot like I've been playing some board games online and normally I, I don't, I love playing them in person, but I don't normally play them online. And there have been these online leagues that have just been like a forming because mm. of the quarantine. And I, I think there's space for people to make online communities now. Like there hasn't been before. So like this, these board games that I've been playing online, there's like giant discord servers where people are just getting on together and play games. And I think there's still opportunity for you to create your own community um, and maybe monetize it in some way, um, sell a product or help help people out that are playing games or doing whatever they're doing online. Now, one of the things with this whole pandemic COVID mess that we dealt with in 2020 is we're, we're so fragmented around the world, but everybody was affected by it. And sometimes I think we lose sight of that a bit because, you know, you can kind of relate to what's happening around you but what's happening in another part of the world due to this could be a bit different. And this was really interesting to hear from Mary Job. Mary has a site called How Do You Tech? And she also works um, full-time for paid membership pros. But she does work a lot with DIYers and and business people. And yes, she works on e-commerce sites. She also is very involved with the WooCommerce community in Nigeria. And it was just interesting to hear what they're dealing with and the challenges they're having. I think last year, um, because when the lockdown started, we initially we thought one month, two months, everything would die down. And then it stretched to a whole year. And a lot of people had to... Um, move over to selling their products more online than offline. I mean, some um, physical stores were doing, you have to order online and then they have to deliver. Like you can't come to the restaurant or to the shop to buy the item. They have to deliver to your door. So yeah, definitely. And I remember that we had this client from the previous year who wanted a WooCommerce store and we were practically giving her the reason why she should get an uh, e-commerce store because she sells very well physically and we were the one chasing her to make sure the site is up and running last year she came to chase us like you know i think i still have leftover money from the previous year. i'm like no 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 you don't you have to start all over again you know so i think a lot of people it made people realize that you have no choice but to um uh, bal- if you have a physical store, you have to balance it with an online store. If you don't have a physical store, the best way to sell these days is an online store. So definitely a lot of people are moving their businesses online, even over here. I mean, over here, it's it's um, more difficult because 
uh, off the top of my head, I would say about 75% of the civil services, that the government services are offline, right? Because they try to move them online, but for so many reasons, it, they don't want their adoption to work. But I think last year has made people realize that it's better when people process these things online than when they have to physically come to the office that can open because of COVID. Because they would lose revenue from not, I mean, if I have to come to the office to process my driver's license, for instance, then you'd be losing money compared to if I could process it online and then come over to pick it up, you know. Um, yeah, so a lot of people are moving over online. This year, people are even taking it more seriously because it's this year is uncertain. We don't know what is going to happen yet this year. Right, everybody is on edge. Like you know, let's just get our online uh, platforms ready and set to go, just in case something happens. And if so nothing happens, well, we still have both uh, stores, physical and online, to work with. So we're good. And lastly, we go back to Colin with Foo Events. As I said, you heard about Foo Sales, but Foo Events was another one. That hey, think about it. The big turn we made on that in 2020 and how it affected foo events was pretty unique and what they did about it well I, I think for us um it was interesting because within a space of two months we had our best sales month and our worst sales month uh, in our history so that that was something i never thought that i would see um happening but yeah literally in in, in february um you know we hit our first kind of record we've had a ser series of record months for few events this year and got all excited and then you know by um by april um it was already you know we had some some sleepless nights and yes 100 percent right mendel uh, both our products rely on um either you know in-person types of activities and um that's something that we've really had to adapt to um and with few events especially we very agile as a company and once we saw what was happening in terms of lockdowns happening around the world and we could see our sales starting to drop, we made a very quick call that we needed to move into virtual events. So um, with a space, within a space of about two to three weeks, um, we managed to build in Zoom integration into Foo Events. Um, and that was that was a really big move for us um, because it, it required, you know, we had never really considered that. It wasn't even on our roadmap up until that point. It hadn't really even been requested that people would want to sell tickets on their own website for uh, virtual events. So that was, uh, that I would say, one of the biggest moves we made in the early part of this year. And um, it's worked incredibly well for us. And one of the trends now that we've seen on that, that front is that um, obviously virtual events are all the thing and, and will probably be around for a long time. But we're also seeing people uh, changing their business models, events organizers, conferences, actually changing their business models now where they will in the future be able to sell you know, tickets for their physical events. And um, instead of just capping capping it at that, they'll be able to sell tickets for you know a virtual stream at the same time, which you know I think that's one thing this pandemic has taught us is you know uh, the borders have definitely been dropped, um, so it will allow anyone to attend events uh, that aren't allowed to, that can't um, make it in, in person. The second part of the question was asking him about their resilience. And also, I think there was a lesson to be learned about adapting and hardening your business for the future. I think 
Another example of that is uh, with our new booking extension that we launched. We are in the process of also integrating that with, with Zoom, and that will then allow anyone from consultants to telemedicine to be able to, to yoga studios, Pilates studios, that type of thing, to be able to um, sell bookings for, for virtual events um, or, or virtual one-on-one in-sessions. Um, in, uh, so, yeah, 100%. It's, for us, it's also been very encouraging to see how these types of businesses have adapted because it's one thing for us to adapt, but, you know, an event organizer that maybe organizes four in-person events a year when when something like this pandemic hit them and and they didn't have any contingency plans, you know, you think, well, you know, you did, you did in the water. But we've really seen the true resilience, uh, especially of small businesses globally, because our you know we've got customers all over the world, and it's been so encouraging to see how they've adapted their business models. Firstly, by starting with say a virt- running a virtual event instead of fully canceling their physical event, but now to see them planning, you know, running different streams of virtual and physical events uh, into the future. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing how resilient as, as human beings we really are. Well, that's about it. Yeah, that's, uh, I could find a lot more, and I'm sure everybody has other stories out there. And, uh, yeah, it's probably depending on your story, how you're moving forward, everybody's doing a different, you know, a different dance. And, you know, hopefully everything is working out well. One of the things I just wanted to share, and this is just another perspective from it, uh, over on bobwp.com, I still have quite a few affiliates on there for WooCommerce products. And I did notice in 2020, the sales, the commissions I was making went up quite a bit, went up very substantially. And that is reflective of me knowing that a lot of these businesses are doing well. I had some of the businesses in the product space talking about Black Friday and Cyber Monday last year, and they all had done really well, better than ever. And you can listen to that episode Uh, But that was very interesting in itself. But what I wanted to mention was I'd had a um, delivery plugin, WooCommerce delivery plugin. Uh, I'd written about it, oh, probably about three years ago, two or three years ago. And it never really, you know, brought in much affiliate income, which is neither here or there. But suddenly out of nowhere, I think it was in um, March of last year, I noticed there was a couple conversions. And then in April, there was five conversions. And then by May, there was 13 conversions. And it was like somehow it was picked up in Google again and people were visiting it. I was getting a lot of traffic to it. You know, whether they decided to buy it then or later on, I cannot say for sure. But that was another another piece of the puzzle. And it was obvious to me that, yeah, products were growing in the WooCommerce space in 2020. And I see that continued growth. So that's it. Hope you enjoyed the show. It was a little bit different perspective, but uh, yeah, it's something good to reflect on. And I think, as I said in the beginning, we have a, um, a lot of things have changed in the e-commerce space. And unfortunately, it was not 
by means of something we all wanted. But I think there's a lot of um, growth and hope for the future in the e-commerce space as it took a pretty big leap in 2020. So I'd like to thank our sponsor once again, our community sponsor, PayPal. And do check out the PayPal extension on the WooCommerce Marketplace. And into 2021, keep doing the Woo.